Hey, what's up, everyone? And welcome. You are listening to the We Are All Delusional podcast. I'm Brittany. And I'm Yanni. This is the podcast where we talk about all things delusional. Because guess what? In one way or another, we are all delusional. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Hi everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Episode 25. 25. It's been a it's, it's been a minute. We had to take a little break. And then I think prior to that, we had an episode, but we took a break before that. So we're gonna try to get back into the swing of things. Yeah life has been happening life has been happening for sure mm-hmm. um there will be no video i'm not going to post any videos from this episode because i look crazy um but i do want to start uh putting some video content in um oh by the way this is we are all delusional welcome i never <laughs> say the name of the show i just always just go episode whatever and we mm-hmm. never and i never say we are all delusional hello um but yeah, I look crazy, but I want to start uh, putting more video content stuff out because I like doing it, but I'd be looking crazy and um, <laughs> I don't, nah, I'm a little vain in that way. So, um, and I also just want to start making more content, period, uh, regardless of how um, successful we are, our lack of support we get, whatever. Mm-hmm. I still want to keep doing it because I enjoy doing it and that's it me too Um, it's it's definitely like something to look forward to and we've been talking about it for so long so like doing it is fulfilling itself Mm -hmm. definitely fun how was your week my week um my week has been good. It's been better because the week before it wasn't good. I was feeling really shitty. It was just a lot going on. The weather was bothering me. Working from home was bothering me. Everything was just bothering me. And I just was like really moody and really anxious. Um, this past week was way better for me my spirits got picked up and I honestly think it's just some like being back at work and being with the kids in person and I could tell they were happy too mm-hmm. they they also seemed happy so I, I kind of feel like myself again yeah. how about you um yeah I could definitely relate to that um I've been having my own little mental health teams you know feeling weird and just you know anxious and irritable and depressed and I really think it's because I haven't been in work like I've been stuck in the house for weeks um not really able to do anything and uh we had to do virtual learning and that has been it for some reason was way more stressful than it was when we first had to do it Mm -hmm. um I don't know why. I think I do mm-hmm. know why, but I'm yeah. I, I'm not sure. 
but it was just like irritating as fuck and it was just like really getting on my nerves mm-hmm. and I'm ready to see my children I'm going to see them tomorrow and I can't wait to see them um I hope that they're all healthy and I hope that we do not have to do this anymore like I'm over yeah. and if we do have to do it let's just stay like don't bring us back yeah it's I okay. think you're gonna feel better when you see them tomorrow yeah I'm excited I'm- them and I also just feel very guilty because and it's not my fault it's just like they're not getting what they should be getting yeah it's not giving what it's supposed to give like yeah. you know my babies who have IEPs and special needs like my heart is really going out to them so much they have like there's children who were supposed who should be getting services who aren't I'm not going to get into that but it's just like mm-hmm. I cannot wait to just to be normal again um are just to kind of not even normal just to get back to being inside and next to people and comforting people and just hugging and just normal stuff yeah. I'm just ready for it and I'm over it and it's fucking well and that's help a little bit yeah. I'm not lie. so even if not like hugging just like seeing people in person you know mm-hmm. it's, it's so much different it's, it's just a it's just more of a connection it's like you know, like I didn't like, I didn't really do anything so so different like in the classroom when they came back because I worked from the computer mostly because, you know, I'm cutting down paper usage and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it was just something about, you know, just that the physical presence of me being there and my kids being there. And I don't know, it's just it. COVID has made me realize that that human connection is so important more than we um more than gave we, it credit before. more than we gave it credit for and if you know me you know I don't give a fuck about people I can stay <laughs> I don't have to have yeah problems. yeah yeah but to go from just being that way to just completely isolating myself and like really kind of being afraid too like low-key and it's just uh I'm over it it's really it wasn't affecting me I didn't think it was too much last year it did but I feel like it's so much worse now mm. um, I think it's because it's just like why is this dragging on why is yeah. it over when is this going to stop I'm so over it everything even listening to other podcasts is like are watching tv or listening having conversations everything is focused on this everything is pre this and post this and it's not even post because it's still happening nope so mm. I'm ready for it to get back to normal. I I want to travel. I miss my family. I want to see my cousin so bad. I'm ready to mm-hmm. get on a flight and go. And it's happening. I can't wait. Like I'm getting my shit together. We're all gonna get tested. <laughs> Before we go, we're going. Because I just I don't know when, but it's happening. I'm just so tired of being stuck in this house. That sounds like fun. Yeah, you should come. Here we go. You should, you should okay. go. Okay. Turn up in Georgia. Um, but yeah. That's happening. And good news, I had to take an exam today for, um, you know, the teaching exam practice. For those of you who know, it's the second one. And I passed it. I did really good on it. And I just got one. Well, technically, I have two more. But I have one more to take within the core. And then I have to take the early childhood exam. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm ready for it. I'm just ready for it to be over. I'm planning to take this next one in the next few weeks um, and this one you weren't so nervous about oh no this was reading yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
um, though they be trying to trick you with these, the way they word stuff and like, oh my God, all these big words, like calm down, like stop being so pompous, Jesus. But um, I I did pretty, I'm happy for you. Thank you. I did pretty well. Uh, I think you have to pass with a 156. Mm -hmm. I got a 188. Mm -hmm. I did pretty good. I'm not mad at that. I like, I, I, I apologize for my lack of excitement, but I just, I knew you were going to. So for me, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, you're like, eh, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it seems like that's how you, everyone's um, feeling. And I'm just like, girl, like, do y'all. So what's the next one? Writing. Wait, it's two? There's a reading and writing. There's a math, oh. a reading and writing. Oh, I thought you said you had two more. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. And then I have to take to get my license, I have to take the early childhood practices. It's like you have oh, to I take the practice for whatever grade level. But you're going to be certain. But now this is going to put you P through what? Three. P through three. Oh, P through three, because you still got to do the content for it. Got it. Oh, they made it so much harder, though. But yeah, you have to take the stuff. core, and then you mm-hmm. have to take whatever it is that you're trying to get certified in. So mm-hmm. I took, okay, okay. almost done with the core. You could take them all together. You could take the math, the reading, and the writing all together. I'm not, that's too much. Mm-hmm. So I did it separately. And then I have to take the early childhood whenever that, I don't know when when mm-hmm. I can take it. But I was looking strategy. at some of the questions and it seemed very, um, mm-hmm. like, I think I'm going to do well on it. I'm not worried about that. good strategy. You're very like, this is this is why I'm your friend. <laughs> like, you're so practical because my dumbass. <laughs> I'm just gonna do them all. I'm just gonna get it right and, and I, you know right. what? I, I am, but it's also me thinking like, I can't sit there that long. And I'm already worried about math. I was already worried mm-hmm. about math. Mm-hmm. There was no way I was gonna be able to do math and then take a, a writing and read. I, mm-hmm. I would have cried. I can't do it, you know? So I, I did it the way that I know. I know how my brain works. So. So, you know, maybe things are a little bit slower because I can't take any more education courses until I pass. So okay. once okay. I take this writing situation, I'll be able to take my all my education courses and I, you know. Okay. Well, yeah, they're not <laughs> playing around. Like you, you're like, oh, did you take I'm like, no, I take all oh, calm down. Like. I'm not like these little 20 year olds who got mm-hmm. these brains where they can do. I can't, I need time. Like, I need time. <laughs> so, how do you feel? Like, because you're like so close to me. I'm ready to get my license. Yeah. I'm ready to be yeah. a teacher. I'm ready to be a teacher. I'm, yeah. I'm a little over being an assistant. I'm ready to be a teacher. Yeah. And you're really good at what you do. So, okay. I'm ready. I already know. Get a teach, you know, teachers don't get paid shit in my opinion, but I'm ready to get a no. pay, but I'm ready for a pay yeah. bump. Hello, and I'm yeah. ready for put, to put some respect on my name. Like I know that yeah. sounds real bitchy, but put some respect on my name. Like mm-hmm. I've been doing this a long time, and just because I don't have these certifications, I'm disrespected. Mm-hmm. Like y'all don't mm-hmm. even know it's we uh, assistants get disrespected to a point where it's like all right fuck y'all like Mm -hmm. so I'm over that and I promise that when I have an assistant I'm not going to and I've been lucky I haven't had any um shitty teachers as you know co-teachers or whatever I've been lucky Mm -hmm. in that way but I've seen stuff and heard stuff and I see how 
people in maybe not so much at my job, but people who come in from the outside, I kind of see how they have treated assistants where we're not really mm-hmm. important. We are a big part of this. Like we're teachers, you know what I'm saying? Like, so mm-hmm. I'm just ready for that. Um, there's other stuff that I'm not really ready for, um, but I'm going to, I'll get there. Um, you will, you will. So um, the, the first year will be like the hardest, just kind of getting yourself um, oriented to it. And like the, because teaching is not the way it used to be. Like, mm-hmm. even from when I first started, because I, I came to it and then I left and I came back and I came to it in 2008, came back in 14. And that's just like, that's six years. It's a drastic difference from what they require of you. So it's a lot that's required of you. And the best thing to do, like what you do now is just to focus on the kids. Mm-hmm. That's what gets you through. Because if you focus on what's required of you and admin. You're gonna go crazy. Not gonna last. <laughs> That's kind of what I'll be saying to somebody. Like, and I have teacher friends who are like I just do this and that's what I do and I can't I'm not gonna stress about this I gotta worry about my babies mm-hmm. and my kids and make sure they mm-hmm. straight and they're learning and I just feel like that's the most important thing at the end of the day um so we'll see what happens um I'm excited I'm happy that I passed both of them I knew I was gonna I know I knew already that reading and writing were gonna be simple for me but math was I was very, very concerned about it. And I just, I'm proud of myself. So mm-hmm. that's my answer. I'm proud of myself. That's how I feel. Um, so that's some good news. Um, yes. Speaking of school stuff, my friend from high school, hey D, she mm-hmm. sent me a video of me and her in high school at 16. Like we had to be like no more than 16, maybe 17 years old. We, it, it, it was... <laughs> She sent it to me and I like saw like the screenshot of it first. And I'm like, wait, is this cannot, this cannot be high school. So apparently like her, a friend of ours, like really her, like one of her best friends. Mm -hmm. I remember her having like a little camera or something in high school. And I guess she recorded, she was recording something or whatever that day. She recorded us. So thank God for her. And Mm -hmm. it was just, and guess who made a special appearance in the video? um none Damn other than my racist teacher who sang a coon tune to us singing a little coon tune um so that was weird but I just it that video made me so happy and it just made me want to hug little Brittany and like uh tell her how cool and beautiful she was I was just like you didn't realize how like beautiful you were you were just so worried about how fat and shit you were and you were fucking beautiful fuck all that Mm -hmm. and you were fun and you're like friends with like the coolest bitch like I was like my friend Denise she had like a a labrette chin piercing and I'm watching the video I'm like no one else had that in fucking high Mm. school the shit that Denise my friend Denise was doing people are doing now like shit that was considered weird or like out there I thought was so fucking cool and kids are doing it now and I'm just looking at her like we were cool man we were really cool (laughs) yeah so I just it made me happy seeing that video um and uh just I don't have a lot of you know we didn't have cameras like uh we had cameras but nobody was sitting there recording all day in high school now everybody got phones oh yeah absolutely so you guys are going to have all these memories. I'm just jealous mm-hmm. of the kids. You guys have are going to have just a shitload of That's memories. So back on it. 
I'm not gonna lie, when you sent it to me, I I felt like one of my kids, like one of my students, because I was like, who's recording this? Like, what are they using? What are they using? <laughs> Probably a um what were they called they were like these little cameras i can't think of the name of it but it was probably like a little like mm-hmm. cool i think it's called a cool pics or something like that probably like a little Sounds familiar. little camera Sounds familiar. or something like that um but it was really cool seeing my little face and not little face but i i was like you look the same like you didn't really change no, you, much. Do. you, do. you didn't really change much i mm-hmm. i had on this i remember the shirt that i was wearing i used to wear all the time and i had on like a i think a necklace and bracelet i don't think my nails were done which was really weird because usually my nails are done and i'm just like looking like you just what a cutie what a little cutie um so yeah that was cool seeing that video and Everything. What you've been watching? What I've been watching. Um, I've been reading. Um, okay. As well. I wanted I want to touch on that because I don't want to forget, but mm-hmm. I was a part of a book exchange recently, mm-hmm. but I ain't get no book. So one of my friends from high school sent this text message. <laughs> 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 I wish I could see Ayana's face. That's how I felt. Like I ain't get no motherfucking book. <laughs> So she sent like a text message or she posted something on, she posted it on Instagram, like, oh, book exchange, uh, send this. If you see this, you can send, send me your address. I'm going to send it to some, like, it was supposed to be like a thing. Yeah, yeah. So I sent some random girl a book, like you're supposed to send them your favorite book. I sent them the, the Alchemist because that's like one of my favorite books. And I just thought, I was like, that's a, yeah, I ain't getting no book. I ain't getting a book, but that's okay. But I, cause I, and I started, I have books at home. So I started reading okay. actual book at home that I've read before, but it's um nice to reread it because I forgot kind of about mm-hmm. it. And it's called um Breathe Eyes Memory. And it's by mm-hmm. Edwidge. I remember you telling me. Yeah, that. it's by Edwidge. I think it's pronounced Dancicat. Um, mm-hmm. I believe she's a Haitian writer either mm-hmm. Haitian American and in the book it's like a coming of age story and I believe all her other books are based on the Haitian and Haitian American experience mm-hmm. um and it's a really um deep book um some very interesting things um breathe eyes memory so that's what I'm reading right now until I either a buy a new book or b reread something I have in my small little library of books at that's really dope because like growing up um and I'm pretty sure like other people can attest to this like not so much now but us growing up like to be Haitian was like like taboo like oh my god I know the culture is so beautiful that was brought up in the book uh how I I don't want to say the the book might be based on her life Mm -hmm. but basically not to give it away but she lived in Haiti with her aunt from the time she Mm -hmm. was a baby until she was about like 12 and then her mother sent for her from America her mother was working in America trying to create a better life so when Mm -hmm. she got to America her mother was telling her people are gonna you need to learn English quick because people are gonna Mm -hmm. make fun of you and then Mm -hmm. she also mentioned how people would make little comments about Haitians being stinky and all this other Mm -hmm. stuff and I remember hearing that as a kid and being like I didn't didn't even know any Haitians where I was growing up I don't think I grew up around any Haitians so mm-hmm. when I would hear people say that I'm like what are who are Haitians and why are y'all talking about them like, what the 
fuck do they do to y'all? And they do have a very beautiful culture and a very like fucked up Mm -hmm. history, but also a very like powerful ass motherfucking history. Like y'all niggas Mm -hmm. like killed the French. Like (laughs) y'all, like y'all, like I think they were weren't they the first uh yes, the first Caribbean I like first um country of the caribbean to like get their independence to get their power to get their land um, back to get to take over to be like yeah. so i think there's some i think a lot of the th- negative things that are said about any particular culture especially if you're a black culture is because you you like kill some white you got some white people exactly. and shit exactly. so i think a lot of it is that like, like yeah. transfer from that. yeah That's, it's like i was just the- thinking that mm-hmm. i was just thinking that because I've that heard maybe, some really messed up things. Like maybe that's why there's such a big stigma. And I think it has to do with mm-hmm. the way that they were like, uh, we're gonna take a shit on you French bitches, because y'all mm-hmm. not y'all not finna do this. Like yeah. so um they beat for it. Nope. Um and Haitians are fucking hilarious. I have no, I don't have mm-hmm. any <laughs> they're mad funny. Like, first yeah. of all. Uh, a lot I've had like mad Haitian students in my in my uh years of working in in the city I work in and like Mm -hmm. they talk like they're singing like the way they they're just really Mm -hmm. fucking funny they're like black people are just funny in general so like they're Mm -hmm. just funny as fucking cool and but I I definitely will say like it's really nice to see a difference like it's not like that anymore at least in the black community I don't think at least in the black community like when somebody says they're Haitian there's like crickets like yeah as when I was growing up it would be it was like yeah that's really Mm -hmm. fucked up like yeah Mm -hmm. I remember that as a kid um Mm -hmm. and I want to say it was mostly coming because I grew up in Bergen County as a kid in Passaic County but like my cousins my older cousins they were like from East Orange and Irvington and Newark and I would hear shit like that when I was around that mm-hmm. area, which I guess was heavy populated with Haitians. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know any Haitians. So I don't know what the hell y'all talking about. Why y'all t- <laughs> leave them alone? <laughs> You're not even doing nothing. So yeah, it's a good book. Um, Breathe Eyes Memory. She has other books that I haven't read, um, but that's what I'm reading right now. I'm trying to find, I've been on um, like book hashtags and following like these book podcasts I'm trying to find some different books to read of all genres I have a tendency to kind of stick to like coming of age stories memoirs I really do love them because I want to one day write one but Mm -hmm. I want to start kind of venturing out to other stuff so yeah for me it's been like self-help like so much self-help I can't do those (laughs) too much I start I started to try to listen to one Mm-hmm. uh the other day about confidence because I really want to work on that mm-hmm. um it was like 100 days of or 30 days of, I don't know how many days of confidence some shit in this audiobook um and I just I got to day two and I was like you know maybe I just don't want to be on this journey maybe this journey is just not for me <laughs> oh you didn't like it no <laughs> maybe I don't want to help myself <laughs> Okay, but back to TV shows. So TV, uh, both of us watched um, Times Square Killer, the Times Square Killer. She watched it first and then I watched it and oh my fucking God, guys. First of all, 
can we just talk about how the time Times Square it I can't even talk. Times Square in New York City in the 70s and 80s was out of fucking control. I like it, it was, and I knew this, but every time I watch like a documentary about like the 70s in New York, it's always just looks like some, it's a mess. There's mm-hmm. just like fires and a, a garbage can on fire and then random naked babies. And then like some lady on a, hey man, like trying to get somebody to buy yeah, some yeah, Gucci, yeah. which is great, get your money. But it was wild. And um, yeah, uh, the person who ended up being the quote unquote Times Square, Time Square killer was mm-hmm. a man who lived literally like a neighborhood over from where I grew up. Yeah, it was just crazy. They were like, oh, such and such. He lived in Lodi, New Jersey. I'm like, wait, he lived where? And they started showing like the apartments he lived in, the places where he killed some of these mm-hmm. women or raped some of these women. And I'm like, I know all those places. Like some of them aren't there anymore, but I was like, I mm-hmm. I know that place. Like, what? <laughs> this is creepy. Yeah. yeah. You, but I, I just, I just have to say, they have to start like I know what you're they have say. to stop they have to stop with these names Times Square Killer because I remember a long long time ago I don't know if it was a college course I took or some, or high school where I was in a class and like my teacher or professor said like sometimes people do it for the fame and like instead of giving the killer the notoriety they really yeah. should give victims the, the victim. notoriety notoriety yeah. but then at the same time we could have just pull off that much so I don't know so I'm conflicted <laughs> I feel <laughs> I feel you I think we do, I think we do you know true crime society is like it's a thing like I love watching true crime stuff but I fucking I don't like hearing serial killers talk I don't want to hear what you have to say I am concerned about the victims, but what really gets me is I'm trying to figure out why you guys are doing it, but that's how I am. So watching some of these things is more me trying to be like, why the fuck would you ever do something like that? Mm -hmm. And the names that they're given, there's, um, there is one particular, God damn it. Why can't I think of the goddamn name of the book? I was just reading it a few weeks ago, but there is a book about, um, a man who was the East Area Rapist, but they he has a different name now, which I can't freaking think of right now. It's not the Night Stalker. It's something else. But they just found him like two years ago because of DNA. Wow. 30 years later, more than that, actually, like 40 years later, he was found and whatever. Mm-hmm. But the woman brought up a good book, a good point who wrote the book. He had some like, the uh, media was giving him these really like stupid names and no mm-hmm. one cared. No one was paying attention, but when they switched his name, people started wow. paying attention. People started being like, all right, something's going on. We need to lock these doors. Really? Who is this guy? Yeah. So sometimes these names- So that's part of it too. I think that's part of it too. Unfortunately, the media okay. doesn't play a hand in it sometimes because they're trying to get ratings and sell mm-hmm. newspapers, but sometimes it's helpful in, in it that it kind of brings attention to Yeah, because it. it's catchy. And yeah, but it also mm-hmm. becomes, it's just very fucked up because then sometimes they get it, serial killer gets excited. Like, oh, I got a mother yeah. now. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, I could talk about type this type of shit all day. Like, I really could. Um, I can't think of the name of the book now. I'm going to think of it in a second as you're talking. So what were your (laughs) thoughts on the, on that movie, on the Times Square killer? Times Square killer. So like basically 
what I was, um, I was just still just in awe. Cause like I said, I had never heard, never knew that in the seventies and eighties, the time scale was just like this whole big like sex scene. Did not know that. So that was like the first thing that struck me. And um, definitely like just the fact that I didn't grow up in the areas that you did, but I still, was over there you mm-hmm. know so it was just weird he was from jersey like, guys so close to home he was from new jersey and he was i think he worked in new york right and then mm-hmm. he on his like work break or like he would take like these long ass breaks and on these breaks he was basically uh killing sex workers and mm-hmm. in one case dismembering well two cases dismembering setting of the hotel room on fire like mm-hmm. going going ham like going crazy um and he turned the the clock because it was like, a, I think he worked in IT. Mm-hmm. So he was able to figure out how to make it seem like he was working mm-hmm. when he really wasn't on the time clock. Yo, y'all got to watch it because the dude, like his coworker, that was like, seriously, seriously, he's my, my king. Because he was like, he was just sitting there like, you know, he was a weird guy. Like he, he was like, he would say these things to like try to get, mm-hmm. ex- get excitement. And I just always like ignored him because I just thought like, whatever. Yeah. And then when he found out, when the coworker found out that he was arrested and that mm-hmm. he was basically like, he needed, they needed some evidence. He was like, oh, I got evidence. He, he wasn't afraid. He, he, he was, was like, afraid. he was like, I'm, he was like, I'm not afraid. Like he was like, it's the right thing to do. Like, I got to tell yeah. them how he's been switching these clocks around to make it seem mm-hmm. like he's at work and he isn't. I'm going to tell them some of the weird shit he told me about what he likes to do and da 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 da. So yeah, it was a very good um, documentary. I thought it was really good. I think it's like three mm-hmm. episodes yeah three the other thing that stuck out to me was just you know not you know just to bring it back like because we always go here but unfortunately like it always goes there but um when they were getting when they wanted to clean up new york city and get rid of like the Mm. whole sex thing they targeted the sex workers instead of the pimps instead of the the, the the people who are behind (laughs) and that's just like really really how 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 are they working how yeah. do they work that's why you know? sex work needs to be uh decriminalized not ne- not necessarily is it there's a difference between legalized and decriminalized um there needs to be it needs to be regulated in such a way that the people who are working in mm-hmm. that area of work regulates what happens to them like I should yeah. not be worried about getting murdered like I'm, I am providing a service like you about to get some some good good or whatever it is that right, I'm right, giving right. you you're going to get it and I should not be worried about that should not be a thing where it's like oh you got killed you deserve it because you're a sex worker that's not mm-hmm. okay that's not yeah. you're in a dangerous you're living a dangerous lifestyle I'm trying to make money whether whatever I'm making this money for it doesn't matter I'm trying to make money why is it that I have to get a knife put to my neck or robbed or shot or killed and then like it's just okay nothing happens because it happens to a sex worker like it's very I know someone who lost someone very close to them who was a sex worker Mm -hmm. and you know the killer was never found like it is wow. not okay to do that. And it was real crazy in the 70s and 80s. It was like happening all the time, you know? So, <sighs> yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. Uh, oh, the name of the book that I was talking about before that I could not think of is called um, "I'll Be Gone in the Dark," and it is written by Michelle Mac McNamara. Uh, Michelle, what's her name? Michelle McNamara. Yeah, and she mm. actually. The crazy thing about this is there's it's also a documentary on HBO. You should watch it. We'll watch it. Okay. Um, and it talks about the book and why the book came about and the that the fact that she passed away before the book was published. The whole book was about her finding the Golden State Killer. She came up with the name the Golden State Killer. Oh wow, okay. The, the guy that I was talking about a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for her, I don't think he would have been found. And she was just an author, she was not no cop. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was really good. Um, I haven't read the book yet. I've only maybe read a few pages of it, but the documentary is actually pretty good and um, an amazing story. So that's something else we could watch. Um, yeah. So that that documentary was nuts. Um, some I'm noticing that with age, I can't. There's certain things I can't watch or listen to. I have mm-hmm. to fast forward because I start literally feeling it in my body. Like the things that he would, it just, oh. these poor women, they went through some really fucked up things. Um, and yeah. he, he wasn't only, wait, let me just stop right here. No, even though it doesn't matter. He wasn't only killing sex workers. He started out killing very, very young girls in his, around yes. the surrounding neighborhood, which really yep. freaked me out in like the 60s late 50s mm-hmm. 60s he was killing like teenage girls who like what are you doing so he started out he's a he was he's a sicko like he yeah. gets interviewed by one of the um daughters of the a woman he brutally murdered like mm-hmm. it is a very very like it's heart-wrenching it was a good it was a very good documentary and he so. basically only got brought up on charges and caught for about a tenth of the amount of Shit that he killing did. that he did, which is crazy. He he just started because remember the lady, I forget who the lady is, but there's a lady who pretty much just dedicated her time to interviewing him because she said, like, he's not my friend, but I just need to know because I want justice for these, not justice, but I want yeah, some closure the, for these family members. She was the um, daughter of the woman oh, of one of the okay, women so murdered. Her. Okay, yeah. Okay. It was her, a daughter of one of the, the murder that is really what made this, the documentary happen, her. And she never even knew her mother. Old girl that they couldn't identify. Yeah, uh, because, spoiler alert, the girl, the woman that is in the movie, she's adopted. She finds out late in life, which is Mm. another story that I've heard too from a a friend. This also happened to her. She found Mm. out, when she found out who her mother was and got all her, her, adoption paper she found out her mother was dead already had been dead for years and was a sex yes. worker and had yes. a hard life and then found out she was murdered and then found out it was like a whole thing so this is her reasoning for interviewing this psycho is because she wanted justice she only talked to him to find out because she knew there was more and she wanted mm-hmm. to find out who else he murdered and he did kind of mm-hmm. start confessing to a lot of stuff which yeah. I don't know if I would Everything. do that I don't I can't I like sit and talk with him I would want to like kill him Mm -hmm. it made me think of a professor I had he worked as a criminal psychologist so he would do like um what is the word I'm like evaluations of of certain criminals I guess Mm -hmm. for their 
you know, for their uh, trial, whatever. And he said there was one particular case. He was like, there's actually two or three where I had, he was like, well, one sticks out to me. One stuck out to him was that he had to interview a man who like raped his kid, did some really, I don't want to get into it, but Mm -hmm. basically killed his kid, mutilated him, crazy Mm -hmm. things. And he was like, the whole time I was interviewing him, I had to be unbiased I had to interview him because I'm I'm a doctor and I have to figure out what's going on with him he was like but but I was thinking in my head I want to reach over and chop your dick off like I he was like you're gonna feel that way if you ever he was like that's gonna happen but in the moment you have to remember you're here for this he was like it was I, I can't imagine like I think about that when I eventually hopefully get my doctorate and have to be be a therapist some of the shit I'm gonna hear is not gonna be okay like it's not gonna be something I'm gonna be like okay great um and then what happens after that okay. did you slowly bleeding okay oh great um, and how did that make you feel okay why don't you go home and meditate I'm not gonna be able to say that to them like you yeah. know what I'm saying there's not so I couldn't imagine being that woman in mm-mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. so yeah that was good um you watched fear city right fear city yeah um fear city was really really good because like even though i didn't watch the sopranos like there's like this like just intriguing pleasure that i get from studying like the mafia and watching movies with like italian monsters it's just so cool so I thoroughly enjoyed that documentary. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to the the soldiers, like the Fair guys. City who, for for those of you guys who don't know, mm-hmm. is another documentary about New York, but basically like yes, on the mob, yes. which the mm-hmm. mob was also talked about in the other documentary we just talked about. But it's focusing on the mob and like the rats that shut everything. Down. Yeah, my bad. I forgot to like totally like describe the whole documentary but yes it's a documentary um a three-part series about um the italian mafia in new york city and how they basically ran shit for like years mm-hmm. pretty much damn near a century mm-hmm. and um yeah and that was a part of the sex scene too right the, the crime the killing yeah the they were killing. part of the sex work shit mm-hmm. in new york city that yeah. was brought up a lot in the um Times Square Killer interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fair City is good. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's been a few years, I think, but it's a good documentary if you're into mob stuff and mafia stuff because you kind of realize, like, yeah, these guys are tough and they're not to play with, but like, it don't, mm-hmm. someone gonna tell. Like, it, some, you ain't that tough. Nobody, yeah. at the end of the day, nobody wants to go to jail. Like, I wanna do these sure. things, but you're not willing to accept that you're gonna go to prison. You know, whatever. So these guys were talking. They were running in now. And they if were- you're into if you're into the Sopranos, you'll definitely like it. Cause I know even when I was watching it with um oh boy, he was like, Oh shoot. He was like, I think that's the same dude from the Sopranos. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, I think so. I think Brittany there's the same guy. Sopranos has in the in the cast, there's a mm-hmm. lot of guys in it that were a part of that life mm-hmm. at one point. Um, for instance, oh really? Um, oh wow. Who am I talking about? Not Silvio. Not no wonder it did so good. I can't think of his name right now. 
I can't think of his name. But anyways, there's a few characters in the show that have mm-hmm. are about their life, been about yeah, their life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Fair City also brings back a lot of memories of where I grew up too. Like I grew up, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I grew up in a neighborhood that was mob yeah. influence. I grew up in a very Italian neighborhood. My neighbor, for instance. I ain't gonna go into it, but he was definitely with with the gang. He yeah. was an old dude. He was real cool. Him is old. Him. One of them lives in Jersey, right? In a lot Jersey. of them. A lot of them live in Jersey. A lot of them live in Jersey. You know, the New York mob is a little bit more powerful, obviously, than the New Jersey mob. But mm-hmm. a lot of mob shit was happening in Jersey. The Sopranos is about New Jersey. That's why I love the Sopranos. Okay. okay. When I watch the Sopranos, literally, it feels like I'm home. They have they show things <laughs> from where I grew up. All in every episode, I'm seeing something that I'm mm-hmm. talking about. So, yeah. Um, Fair City's good. Uh, I like the wise guys term because I had to look it up because I was like, what's a wise guy? And I'm like, oh, oh my God, like, you're so innocent. <laughs> oh, I fucking love that shit. <laughs> you're so innocent. I can't. <laughs> I just love the culture that comes with it. Like, I know they did horrible things, but they're really. I do love the culture that they don't like our black asses. They, but yeah. it's really, it's sometimes it's just funny mm-hmm. to watch. They're 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 very similar to the blacks. I have to. They're they're very similar mm-hmm. to the colors in a lot of way. They got Italians got a lot of swag to them, like, and they yeah. know how to season their food. But yeah. so. <laughs> well, what I like, okay, like yes, I, yes, they did some fucked up things. But I think for me, the reason why I respect it and why I'm so intrigued by it is because it's just like those core values. Like they go by core values. And so that's what I like. about this as a teacher. You're like, what are your... No, not even. <laughs> what are your just like, Yeah, like I just feel like, listen, like don't, don't talk. Don't snitch. Like, mm-hmm. like you they know just do, they did have a very strict code and that's why yeah. it doesn't work anymore because these they say this in the show a lot too in the sopranos mm-hmm. these younger this younger generation they ain't following no fucking code and then it's but it's mm-hmm. also like even the older generation y'all are ratting like mm-hmm. when you watch the show you see old dudes ratting like going to the mm-hmm. fbi going to the cops and but there's something it. called the commission right this what i'm saying is like at the end of the day like it was like, ask family yeah. You know what I'm saying? And even though like it was five of them and they were and they were like into different things, they could have competed against one another, but they worked together. So I think that's more so what I like about it. It's, it's, but here's I think what happens is they become Americanized because this all started in Italy. This was already going going down in really? Italy. Yeah, it already started. I didn't know that. Yes, okay. La Cosa Nostra. This thing that would make sense. This yeah. thing of ours, and the reason I think it started in Italy is because there was some pretty shady shit going on in Italy. And then when they came to America, it was like Italians were treated pretty shitty as well. Like you know, every new group of immigrants gets treated like the new niggas like they get treated yeah. a certain way but because they're white eventually they stop getting treated that way but we ain't gonna go right. on that so they had that thing where it's like we are this is us this is our thing yeah. we gotta protect each other we need to make money we gotta protect right. each other we're not gonna be out here killing each other but they eventually that's what I like ended up it. doing it anyway that's y'all all up, i'm saying that's y'all yeah. ended up killing each other anyway which, yeah um, yeah, because yeah, because at the end of the day, when you do things in, in, in uh, 
unjust or unethical way, somebody's going to pay eventually. Yeah. So. But it's very interesting. There's a lot of documentaries about the mob. Um, it's very interesting. I'm, you know, I've always liked watching mob movies and shit like that, but um, it's, fun. it's fun and interesting to watch. I would never want to live that life. I'll take the money and like the 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 minks and the furs and give me that, but I really don't mm-hmm. want to. I can't see myself being married to somebody that's in that life because it's just they kind of expect a certain type of woman, and I'm not that certain type of woman. I'm not a ride or die. Right. <laughs> I'm a I'm a ride, and if you start acting, <laughs> start getting weird. I'm getting out the car. That's I'm like yeah, it's drugs. It's drugs too. Uh, I told him to get rid of that. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's what it um speaking of crime shows my husband had me watching power but I'm, we're gonna we're gonna get off tv soon but i started watching power uh power book with my husband he watches mm-hmm. power i think it's on stars and power mm-hmm. book is basically the second part of power where like it's the kids oh. and it's like okay. and i just want to say that um them kids is dumb as hell and i'm happy that my parents were poor because i think that rich kids are stupid yeah that's all that's the end of my rant i think so i noticed the same thing and i have to have not like, when i was watching the show i was i was getting irritated i'm like y'all are so fucking dumb and it's because your parents spoiled y'all and like y'all can't all y'all care about is money and this like there's no and they're not really using their brains like at all like why did you do this you should have did this people use their brains for them yes so um it's a good show though power book Mm, on stars i believe um and that was i think all of my tv stuff Okay. Um, I don't have any other TV stuff. Nope, that's it. Yeah, I've been kind of like, I would be repetitive if I said my stuff. Like, just, I've just been kind of watching the same stuff. Yeah, I have been too. Um, I've been watching because I've been anxious and kind of going through a little phase of depression. I like to watch um, <laughs> Parks and Recreation. Have you ever watched Parks and Recreation? I just really mm-hmm. love Parks and Recreation. Yeah, I watched the whole um, thing. Parks and Recreation is one of those shows that kind of in the same vein as the office it's kind of mm-hmm. like this nice warm hug i don't know what it is about it but i'll watch it sometimes and it makes me feel better i'm like oh because yeah. it's not like you don't have to it's funny but it's not like you're it's not overly funny where you're like just like doing so much it's just like the right amount of funny and silly and dry right right so. and it is like the right amount of funny if you're feeling that because sometimes when you're feeling that you really don't want to laugh out loud. You just kind of want to just look and be like, hey, like this. Well, so the office, and then the office creeps up on you because at first, like, and then all of a sudden, you're like, what you're crying. You're <laughs> like, what a dumbass. Are you just- <laughs> I, I've, um, every once in a while, it's like, there's nothing that I could think of to watch or like, I'm not in a mood. Like, Comedy Central plays it all the time. Oh, so I've been like, watching some episodes and stuff of the office parks and recreation i gotta go back to yeah i've been watching it um these past few weeks but yeah that's it for uh excuse me tv talk do you want to take a break and jump into our topic or you just want to jump into it what's up this is our break this is where i'm going to put the this is our break this is our break. This is our break. 
Hey delusional people, it's Kenley. Stop what you're doing and subscribe to my mommy and Atiani show. Give them some stars. It will make your skin clear. Leave them a review and let them know how much you love the show. By the way, losers, follow them on Instagram. We're all delusional. Follow them right now. Mama, that was perfect. This is my break. Let's get back to the show. All right. So our topic this week, it was supposed to be a few weeks ago, but life happens. Um, we want to dive into parenting. I've been seeing a lot on social media, people talking about different styles of parenting, and it's kind of been intriguing to me. Um, for instance, um, there's been, <laughs> I gotta call it soft parenting. There's yeah, a, I, my bad. I there's been a discussion from. of gentle parenting. I've seen it a lot on social media. And gentle parenting is basically like, in a nutshell, every behavior is just a means of communication. So there was this one, I'm gonna give an example. There was this one video of this woman who was telling a story about how she had a foster kid a few years ago and there he had he she took him to a parent teacher conference with her with her and the teacher was kind of I guess saying all these kind of not so great things that he was doing in the classroom and then the teacher asked the parent or the foster parent so um you know do you have anything to add and before she could say anything the little boy told her to shut up right and then he gets up and walks away. She was like, you know, I was so shocked and I didn't know. Da, da, da. And she was like, when we got home, I told him to never speak to me that way again. And she was like, he just got pissed off again and went upstairs to slam the door. And then she goes on to say, you know, that was some years ago. I have my own kid now. And I'm realizing that that was just like, he was just under a lot of stress and that just, you know, set him off. And I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, great. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on the certain behaviors do it's a mean it's a means of communication but okay but that's not all of gentle parenting there's also some really cool things that I, I do kind of agree with where it's yeah 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 but we don't have to get I just wanted to mention that's why we wanted to talk about this um yeah so there's different styles of parenting um there is neglectful I have it written down I wrote them all down what did I do with them I'm sorry guys I was trying to be all prepared and I'm not, okay. There's permissive, which is child-driven. Um, it really gives our enforces rules. It's overindulges child to avoid conflict. So I'm just gonna do whatever you want so we don't have to argue and I don't mm -hmm. have to hear your mouth. There is authoritative, which is um, they solve problems together, set clear rules, open communication. I think this is kind of like the ideal parenting style for yeah. a lot of people. Um, neglectful, uninvolved, which means uninvolved or absent, little nurture, nurturance um, or guidance, indifferent to child social emotional behavioral needs, and authoritarian, which is parent driven. There's strict rules. There's no like communication with the child about how they feel or their needs. Mm -hmm. um, and me and um, Yanni were kind of sitting and talking about how does that affect 
you as an adult now those mm-hmm. parenting styles how was your what was your parent like and how did it affect you as a kid um so you you want to go first you want to tell us about what you think that your parents style was and if it did affect yeah. you um you know no disrespect mm-hmm. no absolutely we would let's do a disclaimer Disclaimer. we love love Mm -hmm. our parents my parents are both passed away I love them very much they weren't perfect but I think it's healthy to talk about these things I think if they had an opportunity to talk about these things they would that they would they've said some shit about their parents and I'm sure absolutely and Ayana has excellent wonderful wait but what I just I'm sorry it's my fault I I I allowed myself to get distracted because I looked at my phone real quick I cannot. And speaking of parents. What happened? My mom sends me a picture. Who is that? I can't see. Wait. Uh, is that your dad? I'm not going to focus. <laughs> Wait, can you just, can you just forward it to me? <laughs> is that your dad? Oh, yeah, that would be smart. My mom sends me a picture asking me, in my honest opinion, how do I feel about the hat? So my lucky guess is that uh, this is disgruntled um picture of my dad so my guess is that my mom got it for him. like i hate this hat i don't want to wear it he's like pouting stopping his feet and he's getting upset <laughs> she's, like, she's like no it's cute and she's like i'm gonna ask you and- don't take this damn hat off <laughs> <laughs> yo her dad looks so like he just looks like he looks like a kid who's not like making him take a class photo and like a sweater he doesn't want to wear. He looks, <laughs> he looks, and, he, and you and him look alike. So it's really, yes. Funny. And then there's like, okay, so it was a black hat. It's like a cat hat. It has a brim. And, but on the mm-hmm. side, there's like these flaps that look buttoned up. Yeah, right. it's, she it's probably not my like, dad. this is so cute. It mm-hmm. gave it to him and he's like, absolutely. Not. He it might like, look nice on another man, but not, <laughs> not my dad. He's so cute. <laughs> I, and so I'm so sorry, but I just, I had to. No, and it's especially fine. since it's like so timely because we are talking about my parents. See, but, her parents um, are lovely people. They're so cute. Yeah, they really are. I love my parents. Like <laughs> my relationship with them is so majorly different than it used to be. But um, they were authoritarian. Am I saying that right? Authoritarian. And... Uh, what do you mean by authoritarian? And then we can see if that's the right one. More like my way highway. My way highway. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. okay. I know Tative is the good one. Yes. Tative yes, is yes. the good one. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no. Um, it was kind of like up to them. And there was really not a lot of open communication. Not to say that they didn't care about my feelings, but. Just no, there was no open communication. And I do think also too, like it it was just there was no time for open communication. Mm-hmm. They were busy trying to do what they needed to do, you know, to put food on the table, you know, but still do their, you know, um this um necessary parenting duties where I feel like um now we're being taught to like make time yes. you know, um, for the feelings portion more so 
parent generation was taught to do. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they did what they knew or what they felt was right. And so in those regards, they were great. Yes, they um, provided. Yeah. And also, let's take into consideration that your parents are from another country. They're not from America. They're coming from a Caribbean background to America, working as hard, and they're trying to raise their kids the right way. And, you know, it's tough. Yeah. I hear that from a lot of uh, kids, friends that I've had that have immigrant parents. They usually say the same thing you're saying on that same thing and I think it's just like a mirror we want our kids to succeed and you know yes yes I think I think it's all that and I think it's also being an unfamiliar territory and being a little bit more strict because it's like I I don't really know I don't really know I didn't grow up here Mm -hmm. I don't know what's what I don't these Americans are wild (laughs) I don't know the rules these Americans is wild out here (laughs) so it's just like yeah, so all of that and how I think that it affected me as an adult is that, you know, it took me a while because they were so heavy handed. And it's, you know, it took me a while to um, become more responsible, I feel like, compared to my other friends. Just in my opinion, I feel like it took me a while to kind of grow up and understand. you know to get my shit together and yeah that's how I feel like because you felt uh as though you were very sheltered as a kid Mm -hmm. I felt very sheltered okay and even I have friends who had both styles of like let's say like permissive I've seen all permissive Mm -hmm. authoritative and authoritarian and with the with with my friends who uh, had an authoritarian style parenting they also it also took them a little while to kind of like come around compared to like so when I when I say that what I'm trying to say is like okay like in our in our 20s we were still kids we were still experimenting we were still doing things that let's say someone who maybe had a little bit more freedom did when they were like in their teens or like even early 20s, but I just felt like I was still like coming to my own because I never got a chance to do that yeah. at a younger age. And and then I feel like the, the people who I know who their parents are like a little bit of both, like more authoritative, they seem to be well-adjusted and permissive, people with permissive parents come off as more responsible, <laughs> more like, life is going to kick you in the balls and you need to wake the fuck up right now. More like just on point and more like no nonsense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always felt like if I had to choose, I'd rather be the the um be more responsible at an early age because I feel like you waste less lifetime versus what I went through. But maybe like a happy medium is I think with anything, it needs to be a happy medium with everything. Mm -hmm. It needs to be a a mixture of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, As far as me, (laughs) when I was reading the chart, I was like, I don't really, I don't, I think there's a a mixture um, of permissive 
um a little sprinkle of neglectful this is me as a, like the biography mm. as a child but there was also points of authoritative too there were times where I was included in things and there was okay. there were rules and things set and I did learn some things but um as an adult um I don't I wrote here in my notes I don't think I wrote neglectful, permissive, but I, wrote, I don't think it was always like that. So, but that's another mm-hmm. issue. A lot of things in my household were never like constant. There was always like a- No consistency. A no consistency, yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that was, I think that is something that's important in being a parent is being consistent. It's very important. It wasn't something that happened with my childhood. And as older I'm getting, it becomes a little bit more complicated looking as looking at my my, my uh, parents and their styles. I'm like, I feel as though they tried their best, but there were just things that just were out of my control and maybe even out of their control. Um, mm. I started really thinking about it and I was like, you know, I love my parents. Um, they were baby boomers. Like, and if you do some research on baby boomers, like they had a crazy ass generation. There were a lot of things going on. And even their parents who I think were considered the the silent generation. And I think they're Mm. called the silent generation because that was like depression years. There was like, they're struggling. There's, I don't got time. We got to work. You're not eating. Like we got to figure things out. And so their parents... I know, for instance, like my grandparents, both on both sides, they worked hard. They got these great jobs, like city jobs and nurses. They did these things to better their family. But in the midst, their kids kind of got a little like pushed away because they're like, they're doing this because they want the best for their family. They're doing, we want you guys to do this. But it was kind of like, I think they were ignored a lot. I think their feelings, I think a lot of their parents, authority which like I think Mm -hmm. it was more like I don't want to hear what you have to say we're going to we got to do this you're going to be a a a good clean woman or you're going to be a strong black man we we ain't got time for no feelings like I think that was kind of the thing um so I think when they became parents to us or to me and my my I can't talk about everybody for but for me for instance and my my brothers and sister I just think it was kind of like we were part of that latchkey generation where our parents worked and we did have to stay home sometimes, either alone mm-hmm. or with our grandparents. Mm-hmm. And I think they were trying to give us a break. I think they were kind of like, my parents yeah. up my ass. I don't want to be up y'all asses. So figure it out, <laughs> you know, yeah. like figure it yeah. out. And have some fun along. And have some fun. Yeah. And I Just- mean, you can maybe come to me about your feelings and maybe we'll talk about them. And <laughs> Ayana is dying laughing. Right? <laughs> she has to mute her microphone because she's screaming. <laughs> Just figure it out, you know? Um, literally, uh, I was thinking the other day, I used to do a lot of shit alone, like walking places alone. <laughs> my mother would just drop me off at the mall and I would be there all day alone or with a friend. Like, I would never do that with kids. <laughs> but That's- it's like, on the other hand, like, I fought to do things like that. Like, I literally fought and, and I used to and do I did, like And I I did it. It was just like, can I go to the mall? Can me and such and such go to the mall? Can you take us? Sure, you're out of my hair. It felt very, you're out of my hair. Yeah. 
And even to the point where like when my mother passed away, I remember hearing like her best friend saying to me, your mother used to always say, oh, oh Brittany, I'm not worried about her. She's going to be okay no matter what. That was that attitude that these parents had. It was like, they're going to be okay. She's strong. She got this. But it was like, I really wasn't. And I needed a little bit more. Um, yeah. I, I just said this to Z today, my husband. He did, I forgot what he did or said to one of, I think either my daughter or my son. He said something or did something for them. And I was like, Wow. I wish I would have had that when I was a kid. Like he said something that was very like, like he was, oh, my my son went to take out the garbage. He, that's his that's his job. Mm-hmm. And the garbage can is like right around the, the side of the house. And I don't usually watch him when he goes out. I usually watch him go to the door and then I listen for him or whatever. Mm-hmm. My husband like looked out the window and watched him go around to take the garbage out. I'm like, you watching him? He was like, yeah, I just want to make sure he's all right. And I'm like, that is, I was like, that is, I wish my parents would have done that with me. Wow. <laughs> like, it was like, Brittany, can you go to the store? And I would go across the street. I was really young, walking places alone, doing things alone. I did a lot of things that I wasn't completely left to my own devices, but I was left to my own devices. Um, a lot so I think in what Ayana was saying about responsibility yeah there are some things that I feel like I'm a little bit mature with and understanding and before I there are things I wish I would have learned there are things that I wish I think that parent kids should feel they can lean back on their parents for some sort I knew that even if my parents were alive I wouldn't be able to kind of lean on them for support for certain things I think about that now as an adult I'm like Mm -hmm. Would I be able to do A, B, and C, you know, if they were alive? Like, would I be able to trust that they would blah, 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 blah? I don't really know if I would have had that because they're, okay. I, because of their, I don't know. I don't know. Because of their personal. Because of their personal things and because of mm-hmm. their style of parenting. But mm-hmm. I love my parents. I miss them. But they're, you know, like I said, they did the best they could. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't there were some things that happened that shouldn't have happened. There was definitely neglect. There was some abuse, but I don't, I don't know. I just, as an adult now, I'm kind of like, that's just, that's the Sakaar's day. That's life. And I, was and, I and I do think that um, every, every child is always and forever going to have something negative mm-hmm. to say about their parents. So, I said that to a yeah. therapist one time. I was like, I, I think I, we're just all going to fuck our kids up. No matter how hard you try, you're going to fuck your kids up some way. Yeah. They're going to be sitting in the Because you pass your own shit you. on to them, unfortunately. My kids are going to have a lot to say about me. That's just what it is. Yeah. <laughs> going to be like, she is. They're probably going to say they're sheltered in a sense. And, I, and it is a ref- reflection of me. But they're also, I try to let them, yes, I overcompensate with certain things Mm -hmm. because I wasn't given those things as a kid. So I do overcompensate sometimes and I have to kind of tell myself to relax, put a lot of pressure on myself. I don't, I always want to be a perfect parent. There are times, if you guys listen to my therapy, my therapy sessions, perfect Patty, Patty. if you listen to my therapy sessions, they're really sad sometimes because I'm like, I did this and this happened and then I'm the worst parent and it's literally nothing. It's like, Mm -hmm. I, I'm very hard on myself as a parent and it's because of 
the way I was parented. So that is how it has affected me as an adult. I, um, I think now as a parent, I am a mixture of some gentle parenting, but I also will whip your ass on a high set second. I will threat. I will threaten you. I may not pop you right away. I'm gonna threaten your ass. There's a sense of fear in my kids for sure. They're not disrespectful, but there's also like a. I want to hear what they have to say. I like hearing their input. We got mm-hmm. charts and shit. I'll be making charts for my kids. I want them to be included in stuff. I want them to feel. I want them to be a part of us. I didn't feel a part of my parents when I was a kid. It was very like us and them. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, you know, there are t- I have here. There are times when I said how I parent. I listen, but I also fall. But I'm also firm. We have charts and shit, but sometimes we forget about them. Like sometimes like we make all these great plans to do things and we forget about them. I'm like, but there are times where you have to tell your kids to shut up. Like this, that was the gentle parenting thing. I can't do that all day. It isn't. And when you watch some of these videos, I'm like, that is, that is not that's not doable i'm gonna spat not every time i think i think the important thing is if you make a mistake as a parent you need to apologize that's that's all i think sometimes we do things and you just need to be like look i'm sorry mommy's having a rough day it's not about you (laughs) i did see i did see one video that i really did like where um the kid was having like a tantrum and no, the kid didn't want to get off the stage. I've seen actually I've seen a couple. That's why I'm mixing them all up. Mm-hmm. But there was one where I think the little girl didn't want to get down from the steps. And she was like, I know you're upset. She was like, but this is unsafe, so you need to get down. And like in those regards, like I kind of get it. I think when you have the time for it, mm-hmm. um, it is good. But I think when you don't have the time for it, you just don't have the time for it. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. it just isn't something that you could do at the time. So whatever. I think I learned a lot yeah. of parenting stuff from work too um, right yeah. I have to be a gentle parent at work I can't be talking crazy to these kids they're not my kids <laughs> but sometimes you gotta get you have to get yeah. stern with them you gotta put your crazy I'll be like Miss Brittany's about to put on her her mommy voice that's what I say I'm like I'm gonna put my mommy voice on and they know what that means that means I'm about to be like sit down or like put on the, the mm-hmm. strong voice they don't like that but sometimes mm-hmm. I gotta sometimes y'all acting a motherfucking fool and I have to act crazy I have to act accordingly you're going to act crazy i'm gonna act crazy too but for the most part i i think work is definitely gentle like being a preschool teacher you're a gentle fucking parent all goddamn day you're just i've learned like to just not be so angry anymore Mm -hmm. and i've mentioned this before several times but the anger doesn't go over well it's like it it could be like a temporary fix for like a couple Mm -hmm. of minutes but it's not anger I've learned to just let it go especially like when a kid is expressing their feelings like I just teach them just express their feelings in a respectful manner yes like but you can't express your feelings and I think that that's something that we probably both missed out on you know yeah. even though we had different parenting styles we weren't able to really say like no I don't like this yeah I'm not feeling you know I think you were maybe met with you felt you couldn't say it. I felt that if I did say it, I would be uh, gaslighted. And because mm-hmm. I would say like, this is something that you're doing and da, da, da. Mm-hmm. that's not true. I would get that 
a lot. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm very triggered as an adult now by people telling me that the way I'm feeling isn't, or the things that they're doing to me isn't real. It makes me, yeah. that makes me angry. Like that's where, yeah. that's when you're going to see me spaz is that I don't like that. Um, so yeah, I think I do allow my kids to kind of express themselves. They're just really chill kids though. So mm -hmm. I think Isaiah is probably like the one that expresses himself <laughs> as much mm -hmm. as my oldest um yeah I um yeah parenting is not easy and I I also know that when I became an adult and I had kids and stuff and I say a lot I like I wish I could have had my parents now so I could tell them hey I get it I understand now I understand some things now yeah and we like let's talk about it let's reconnect how were you feeling when I was this age what you know, mm -hmm. I, I, there are things that I now as an adult understand. They have their own fucking issues going on. That mm -hmm. doesn't that doesn't negate the fact that I felt like shit about how that was treated, but right. it doesn't put the blame on me because mm -hmm. as a kid, you blame yourself for how you're mm -hmm. treated. You know, or how and having an understanding can bring healing. Yes. You know, if, if I understand why you did something, I'm more likely to say, okay, I can start to work through this process now because, like you said, it's not me or it's not, it's not an attack against me. It's because you were going through something. It's because you were anxious. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, and just just one last thought for me, I like parenting conversations with my parents like all the time like this very same conversation I'm not I think parenting has to I think it naturally does but I also think there is a need for it to change with generations because yes kids have so much asset like it's only but so much stuff you can do so you that open line of communication and also like that whole like what we might have called like, oh my God, you soft, like whatever, whatever. We have to cater to that because there's just so much coming at them. Yeah. And they have to be able to 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 what's the word? Like, this generation of kids work through it. The kids like this is the kids that are my my oldest is turning 13 soon. My youngest just turned six. This is not an easy time for them. Um mm -hmm. the past few years have been really, really scary. And then I think about some of the scary things that happened when we were kids, namely like 9-11 and the birth of fucking school shootings. And they're dealing with those things too on top Plus, of We also have an epidemic, pandemic, whatever, where we can't fucking go outside and go to school. Yeah. And they're going through so much stuff. And like, as a parent, it's, it's so hard. I've talked about this, I think before is like, sometimes as a parent, you feel like I can't be depressed right now. Or I can't be anxious because I have to make sure my kids are okay. And mm -hmm. sometimes that's not doable. Sometimes I'm going to, I'm going to be touchy and agitated and, you know, whatever, but kids will also be that way too. So I think there's some truth to that gentle parenting thing. There's a lot of truth as like, we, like she was saying, uh, their mm -hmm. form of communication is like, my feelings and how I'm expressing yeah. my and don't ignore them I'm like not you're not gonna that. ignore them yeah don't ignore them let's talk yeah. about it this generation is not playing oh they're, like, they're going to be hurt like you're like so my fucking <laughs> oldest child I, okay did I tell this story okay and then I'm done I'm not talking about parents no more mm -hmm. so we were in the parking lot we're at ShopRite I'm pulling into the ShopRite parking lot and there's like this old lady moving very very slow and I'm moving slow too because I don't want to hit her 
but she like turns around looks at me and then moves even slower and I'm like I'm not moving fast I'm waiting for her I'm like this old ass motherfucking lady that's what I said under my breath because I thought mm-hmm. she was being rude and my child says mom that was that was mean and that was ageism and I looked at him and said ageism like what like what the fuck like I <laughs> said I said it's not ageism it's bitchism and she needs to move the fuck out of the way I think that was like my response or whatever but he always they always kind of like try to school me and then I have to be like I already know that and also ABCD like it's like mm-hmm. constant, like did you know this did you know yeah I knew that mm-hmm. yeah but these new kids they have a lot of I don't want to say new things, but they're things that have always been, but they're being real about them. And I, I'm not mad at it. Like every generation of kids, they introduced these new, these new thoughts with our, yeah, gen- yeah. our generation. It was like civil rights. Like, why can't we all just be like, right. Uh, proud of our blackness or whatever the fuck these new kids are like, why can't we also be proud of our blackness and proud of our gender and our sexuality and be open to certain things and understanding to mental illness and yada, yada, yada. Like they're, they're, they're rounding up all of that stuff. And, so oh, yeah. and I'm not mad at it. So yeah, they're developing. They're developing. That's so smart. And that's what's... um. So I'm interested in hearing what everybody else's family's parenting styles are. I did post it the other day, but like, it was kind of like a crazy day. I'm going to post it again. I'm going to post it again. Um, I'm interested in hearing um, how you guys parent and what you guys experienced as a kid. Um, yeah, and that's the wrap of our parenting talk. <laughs> and I do have a delusional story that I did want to share um, very quickly before we wrap it up. Uh, but before I share the delusional story, I wanted to send, not that she's going to hear this, but condolences to Regina King, whose son um, recently passed away. And he, yeah, I saw it. And I just thought that yeah. was super sad. And like, uh, there's some video circulating of her talking about him, like in interviews, and she just loved him to pieces. And they were very close. And I just, my heart goes out to her and anybody who's lost. Um, anyone to suicide that is not an easy thing to accept at all so my condolences to her um yeah I just wanted to say that sorry to bring into a downer um also for my delusional story let's get into it um T.I. is delusional the rapper Mm -hmm. T.I. there's something wrong with him and like I've been saying this for a while and as someone who grew up for a few years in Atlanta Georgia T.I. was a part of my life. He, I have songs in my, in my little playlist and stuff like that. But he just be doing a lot of weird shit. Him and his wife, like, low-key sexually assaulting women. And, like, he says a lot of, like, weird things. And he's, like, a narcissist, kind of. Not kind of. He definitely is. And the other day, he, like, came out his mouth on an IG live stream. And he was like, I'm just going to read the quote. It says... When you talk about music, bro, you talking about cutting records, nigga. You talking about putting shit out. You talking about making some shit that's better than this. That ain't out there. Man, nobody fucking with me. So he started off with that. And then he goes on to say, like, nobody fuck with me. He's saying Jay-Z not fuck. He said Jay-Z's not fucking with me. Yes. He's, then he said Lil Wayne. And 
he said what did he say yeah you to bring them bring them niggas he can send you that's who you need j Nas wayne yay nigga that's who you need bring them push t yeah auto um i could see here's the thing i'm not gonna shit on this man's parade because in georgia ti i don't know how he is now but when i was out there he was a big deal he was Mm -hmm. he's a really good rapper i'm not gonna take that away from him but Mm-hmm. you're not your catalog is not matching with jay-z's catalog it just not is, at all. is coming from somebody who is a nas obsessed mm-hmm. person and i do and this is like, coming from somebody who doesn't okay. even listen to hip-hop that's like yeah it, what it's just, i'm just tired of all these random people and he's not a random person but no he is who just keeps saying these things like oh, ain't nobody seen me on the mic yeah someone is like calm down mm-hmm. someone definitely is and for you to say and lil wayne who looks have y'all seen recent pictures of lil wayne I'm about to look him up it's right not funny but it's funny like y'all gotta stop using these drugs man i'm i'm mm. i'm saying this with oh he um, looks oh wow he looks terrible i saw a picture of him yesterday and i got That's real so sad scary. his skin looks all gray his dreads are hanging on by a freaking he's mm. i think he he's had seizures in the past like he's mm. been through some shit but you're not sitting here and Lil wayne's been on his motherfucking album and didn't he sing, like i'm just thinking of all this stuff and i'm like mm. I don't want to say you're you're not you're saying that they they're suck as rappers, but you're saying that your your catalog and your reach is better than theirs. I'm not. That's not. No, we're not gonna do that. So um, that was just very delusional to me. I don't know why he's always just getting on the internet and saying things that don't make sense. Um, and I want to say recently somebody else said something kind of similar, and I'm like, I can't agree with you. I'm sorry. I just hate to burst your bubble. Um, but no so that is my delusional story for the week i need ti to like relax um we will listen to bring them out remember when bring them out bring them out mm-hmm. bring them out bring them out that was that was the bop you know we yeah. and that whole album actually is a really great album and i listen to it still um he has a song in there actually with little wayne that's one of my favorite songs of all time but um yeah man i just i just want everybody to sit down take your money you guys are all very wealthy and just shut the fuck up like you don't have to be you don't have to be better than anybody or be seeing anybody on the mic just take your money and enjoy it and leave us alone that's it yeah it just wants to stay relevant and when you were like reading it i was just i almost like couldn't couldn't understand like what are you talking about you were saying that's why i said this is a delusional story why do you sound like a like a like a like a um, like somebody with um what's the disease um tourette that too that too psychosis like yeah or like oh okay one one of these days i really really want to talk about how this is going to be problematic. A lot of hip-hop culture, <laughs> this is going to be so problematic. I think a lot of it is very much uh, mental illness. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Kanye West is on my list. Um, I, I, I had this in my notes, but I don't have time to do- delve into it. But I'm going to mm-hmm. talk about it one day. I will not be surprised if Kanye West has a cult by, the, by tw- I'm going to say 2029. He's going to have okay. a cult. And it's going to be on some Jim Jones shit. Look up Jim Jones. Mm. 
because there's certain things that he does and I'm just like there's he's already admitted that he does have mental illness issues as do I but he's Mm -hmm. also somebody who I think doesn't want to take his meds or and then even when he's not he's out of fucking control he's out of pocket he be doing a lot of crazy shit so I'm always side-eying him so I just, I'm going to talk about that one day, how some oh, of the stuff that is, that happens, especially in the music industry, period. It's a, it's just, it's a psychosis. A lot of y'all just aren't yeah. here having a manic episode and <laughs> just, just, just talking, which is fine. And then we're like, oh, he's a genius. Mm, nah, nah, he's just feeling himself a lot. So, about that. so yeah we could definitely delve into i want to talk about that like, one day. i feel like that's kind of a multi thing where i really have to like do yeah. some research but there's something to that there's something to especially uh these male rappers i think mm-hmm. and then when women do it we're definitely seen as they call us crazy oh, yeah. i think that a lot of rappers have a lot of stuff they need to um to, to think about mm-hmm. and that's all that's my spiel i'm gonna sort out um if you guys have a delusional short story that you want to share with us i would love to hear it it could be a personal one of something somebody did that was just like what the fuck are you doing or if you did something that was like bitch what the fuck are you doing i would love to hear it you can send, I like that send me a little email so you got you guys know we are all delusional at gmail.com you guys can hit us up on instagram you could text me if you the homie, whatever. I would love to hear it. Um, I love, I like that. I love he- I love reading stories that are just like, what are you doing? Like what? So um, let's do it. So that's our question for next week. Like, just give give a, us a story of delusional of someone or yourself. Yeah. Where you're like, what the fuck? You've literally lost it. You have lost your goddamn mind. All right, and that's it for episode twenty five. I gotta go get these kids ready for school and shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good night. Good night. See y'all later. Bye. What did I do? All right. I gotta cook. I gotta cook See some fish real quick. All right.